Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager, your host here in the studios of Relate365.com. And normally I'm with a Jason or a Todd, but tonight I am with Micah, a student at Nicolay Bible Institute here at Silver Birch Ranch. So you often hear about Nicolay Bible Institute. We don't talk about it that much. We normally don't have a student on from there. And Micah is not only a student there, but he's from New York. So, Micah, tell us a little bit. How did you hear of Nicolay Bible Institute, and who in the world are you? Well, it's kind of funny how I uh, first found Nicolay Bible Institute. Um, for about a year, I had been looking for a one-year Bible program to go to after graduating high school. I took a year off. I worked a job in a local small grocery store, slicing meat, nothing nothing fancy. Cool. And... Um, I was just looking to find a place to solidify my faith and just grow my faith more in God. And I had been looking at a place in Florida, of all places, and my mom just kind of randomly found Nicolay Bible Institute online. She told me about it, and I was like, nah, I'm not going there. It's it's cold, it's snow, it's up north. Yeah. I'd like... Welcome, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So I wanted to be where somewhere it was where it was warm. And so, but she really encouraged me to look more into it, and I just kept looking into it. I kept praying about it, and it just really intrigued me, just all the activities that Nicolay Bible Institute had, and just the community they had. So I really prayed about it, and eventually I just basically took a leap of faith, came out here, never been to Wisconsin before, didn't know what I was walking into, and... I, I haven't regretted it since then. Cool. So you didn't even come visit ahead of time? I did not. Yep. I was just coming out here, not knowing what to expect, just trusting God and hoping for the best. Yeah, well, that's very interesting. Not only did you work at a grocery store, you also went and got a, an EMT? Yes. I was a volunteer firefighter for four years and then recently got my uh, EMT basic in the past year. Okay. So did you take a year between high school and now or... or did you what happened what was that time span yeah that time span was about one year i graduated high school and um went straight into i actually took about two years off okay so i graduated high school went straight into a stonemasonry job okay worked that for a summer and then once winter came work died out and i started looking for a new job and after that i uh Got the deli job, just working in the grocery store. It was a great community. It was a Christian community, and I had a lot of interaction with customers and just working with people, which is something I just really love doing. Cool. Now, stonemason, so did you learn how to lay rock or lay brick? Yep. I learned how to do... It was pretty cool, just the amount of things I did on that job. I learned how to lay rock. We did stone patios. We would do chimneys. We would do... Uh, fine like veneer work refinishing and then there were just these other random jobs where just end up working carpentry or some electrician work or landscaping so a little bit a little bit of everything thrown in there so you came and you when you got here you saw that one of our looks for our building is we put rock four feet up around all of our buildings i i had noticed that. yeah so it's very interesting because the guy doing that right now his name is tom he grew up here with me and when I put a chimney at my house, I did it myself just from field rock. You just got field rock and, and made a chimney on the outside. 
And that was all from watching uh, the guys who volunteered. When I was in high school here, I, I would mix the mud for them, and I would make sure they had the rocks, and I would make sure they were all set up for it. And watching them day after day, I, I never did lay the rock while they were here. But later on in life, probably 50 years old, I decided I'm going to put a chimney up. And I did it. So that was kind of neat. I didn't do the brick on the inside of the house. I wasn't, you know, I put a fireplace in and I, I just didn't feel like I knew what I was doing. But what's interesting there is you had a certain amount of drive. Okay. So it wasn't like, were you planning on being a, a like a bricklayer for life? No, no. Were you planning on being a meat cutter for life? Probably not. Uh, EMT for life. <laughs> Probably not. Okay. But, however, those things were used by God in your life to help create who you are right now? Mm-hmm. You must not have felt the pressure right out of high school to go to college. Not really. Why? I just wasn't sure <clears throat> what God had wanted for my life, what okay. God still wants for my life. You know, it's always an open door, I feel and you just go wherever God leads you. You just pray about it. And right out of high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I, I prayed about it. I had this job opportunity. So, you know, I was like, God can use this. God can take this somewhere. I'll just take the opportunity and just go for it. Yeah. And Well, I appreciate you, you doing that because as an older guy, I would say, you know what? You're young. Don't rush into a decision. You don't have to do that. You don't have to lock yourself into a four-year college, get all that debt, and, and go into a degree that you really didn't want to go into in the first place. But because that's what you do after high school, you end up going to a college, getting a degree you may not use, paying money that you probably shouldn't be paying or borrowing, and, and then you get out of college and you're discouraged because you made some left turns during that way that you should have gone right on. And now you don't know what to do. You're kind of locked in. And then you, you're locked in the rest of your life. So any young people out there listening or parents, I would beg you, don't pressure your children to go right to college if they're not sure they need college. Because there's some professions where you should skip college. If you're going to be a welder, for example, or you're going to be somebody who is in one of the trades, perhaps you don't need to go to college. You need to go and get an internship of some sort or an apprenticeship or however they work, uh, however they work it. Um, I always suggest that you go find somebody doing what you want to do in life and ask them what you need to do to get there because they know, because they got there. So if, if you go to a bricklayer, for example, or a stonemason or whatever the right lingo is today, um, and you ask them, what do I need to do to get there? They should know. If you ask me, I would say, I don't know. That's not what I do for a living. But I could find somebody who does and help you figure it out. So uh, I appreciate the process you went through, and I think healthy young people today should go through that. The reason, one of the reasons I'm so um, pro Nicolay Bible Institute, and I know everyone listening says, well, you have to be, you're the president of the ministry. You're, I don't have to be. But we started the Nicolay Bible Institute because we wanted to teach young people things that regardless of where they go in life, it works. So if you can learn to love God and walk with him, I don't care what profession you're in, that's going to benefit you. It's going to benefit your family down the road. If you can learn to die to yourself and serve others, it's going to benefit you, society, your family, the church down the road. If you can use how to, uh, learn how to use the tool of like Christian camping, and it's going to benefit 
everybody down the road. So I honestly believe that a year at a place like Nicolay Bible Institute is something every young person should think about. And if you uh, need information, go to NicolayBibleInstitute.org. Um, have you been here now for how long? Since I've been here since <clears throat> about the last week of August, first week of September. Okay, and we're talking right now. It's almost February. Uh, are you glad you came? <clears throat> I am. I'm very glad I came. I have. I have no regrets of coming here. It's just been an amazing experience. The the friendships, the relationships, I've just grown, and how it's it's a different setting here, definitely than what I'm used to, and it's I think it's fantastic because you're thrown into a different setting here. You're thrown into almost a completely different world, and yeah. it causes you to stretch and think about your life choices, think about where you're actually going and what you're going to do with what you learn here. Yeah. And like the weekend retreats that we run here, we, I at least just find them really encouraging seeing people come in and then having that opportunity to share what I'm learning right now. And something that I've heard continually here is when you learn something, you got to share it. You got to, right. you got to put it somewhere. Otherwise it's going to be in your head and you're not going to, if you're not going to do anything with it, then why did you, uh, learn it or hear it in the first place that's right you know it's kind of like food if you're gonna eat food you should probably use the energy for something right and if you eat food and you don't use the energy for something you get unhealthy you get you know, too chubby you know what i mean that <laughs> that's what happens not you know and people say, how dare you start calling me fat or whatever it's like what i'm saying is there's a principle in all of life you eat energy, you use energy, you stay healthy. You take knowledge in. You use the knowledge that you took in. You stay healthy. You actually get more knowledge because you use it. And and that's important. You're a musician, correct? Yep. What, do you, what do you play? I've been playing, I play guitar, so acoustic, electric, but I specialize, not necessarily specialize, I guess. I've play, been playing acoustic guitar for about, four or five years now. Why? Well, it kind of started out, I had the opportunity to learn guitar from one of my homeschool uh, friends. He was a music teacher and he offered us like some free lessons or whatever. And so I picked it right up and I just started catching on to it. And after that, after those lessons ended, I self-taught myself for the most part. And I joined my church's worship team. So a very small worship team. There are like four of us on there, small church, and I just love playing guitar, and it's another way I feel I can connect with God on a different level, just through song, worship, music, singing, so it's just something I really love, enjoy doing. Okay, you keep talking about this little place you lived in, and you said you came from New York, and I'm thinking Times Square. <laughs> so where where in New York are you coming from? So yeah, definitely not Times Square. Um, all right. So you didn't live with all the lights and the and you weren't there when the ball dropped on New Year's Eve. You you didn't see that out your bedroom window or anything. No, 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 no. I I was I would be watching that. I probably never actually. <laughs> okay, that's fine with me. <laughs> so um, I'm from like Central Upstate New York, about four hours away from four hours northwest of the city. Okay. So about Central New York area, very similar to. The Nicolay Bible Institute area, woods, trees, farmland, uh, very rural setting, if I'm using the correct term. Sure. So, and, and your family, how big? 
family, a uh, total of six. And my mother, father, both still married, been married for 50, almost 50 years, I'm thinking. Okay. Um, two older sisters and one younger sister. And do you get along with your sisters? Oh, yes, definitely. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, you, sometimes you wonder, and, and you get to a certain age, so it seems like you do get along with your family, even if you quarrel a lot while you're growing up. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of like parents. What I learned when I was younger, you know, when you're a child, you go through this phase where you just, your mom and dad, they're the king and queens of the world and you know, whatever. Then you get adolescent, a little older, and you think they know nothing, you know, and they know nothing compared to me. And then you get older again and you appreciate them again and for what they've understood and what they've done and that kind of thing. And you, you, you go through phases like that. So it's fun to see people do that. And I think God created us to do that because he created us to get out on our own somehow. And um, so what does your dad do for a living? Uh, my dad's a truck driver. So he okay. drives over the road. His uh, company recently changed names so a new company took over and the old one went out so that was a bit of an interesting transition for him but he's still doing it he's been truck driving and driving over the road for probably the past 20 years or so okay your mom does she work she stay home nope she's been a stay-at-home mom for her entire life so okay and are you glad of that or you wish she was out working or oh I'm, i'm glad she stays at home you know she's one of you know my dad was always out working and Mom was always at home, so she was always a prominent figure for me growing up. Sure. And, you know, I always saw my dad as the one who provided for for us, and my mom was always the one who's there taking care of us, so, okay. and teaching us school. And she was also played a big role in just teaching me about God and just making sure I stayed in the Word and all that. Sure. And and when you look at that, you, you kind of think, okay, you're a homeschooler. Mom homeschooled you. What are your thoughts about homeschooling? Do you like it? Or would you do it again? Would you avoid it? Now, I say that being one who homeschooled their kids, and, and my kids would give me an earful either way. So I'm just wondering, <laughs> what is your impression right now? Would you homeschool like your own kids, or are you anti-homeschool, or are you identified with homeschoolers? Do you like being identified with homeschoolers? Well, to start off with the last question, I I do identify with homeschoolers. It's fun how all of us homeschoolers, you know, even from just halfway across the country, we can still identify with each other and talk about things we learned in homeschool. Some of the students here this year, they were homeschooled, and I just can connect and click with them just with what they learned, how they learned. And it's like, oh, yeah, I did that too, you know. Right. As far as homeschooling, uh, like homeschooling myself or my own kids in the future, I would probably do it. I think there are many there are many benefits, many uh, non benefits to homeschooling. Um, I think it's a great way to teach how you want to teach, and just um, like implement Bible teaching, or in, as in today's schools and uh, culture, it's frowned upon to pray in school or bring a Bible to school. And it's just really hard to have that added pressure in schools today. So yeah. to have that freedom to teach and uh, just have that freedom to um, share, believe your faith and teach your faith at home, I think is a huge benefit. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be interesting in the future because when when I was younger, homeschooling really wasn't very popular. Not too many people did it. Um, in fact, if you were homeschooled, you were probably a missionary kid because you were out in the jungle somewhere and they didn't want to send you to a boarding school so there were kind of 
homeschooling people, but they weren't, they really were disconnected from everything. Because if you're in the jungles of South America, you really are disconnected regardless. And then uh, the homeschooling movement started. And, and obviously, my wife and I are both teachers, so we dove into it. Uh, it, it's kind of funny how we got into it because in our day it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like we were saying, "Boy, we really have to do that." But we live rural, like you do, and the very first day that would have been for kindergarten, our child would have had to get on a bus, travel over an hour to school, and the bus had everyone on it from kindergarten through high school, and we just thought oh, that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. So we'll homeschool her this year, and then we never did send them to school, either of the two daughters. So it was like, that's how that happened. Um, and, you know, I don't regret that. But it'll be interesting as they get older to see their take on what homeschooling is or should be. Uh, my one daughter grew up, she was homeschooled all her life. They both went to college. One got a degree in teaching, and I found that interesting. And uh, But she teaches at a Christian school. And the other got her social work degree and has a master's in it. And she's a social worker at a Christian school. And it's it's kind of interesting to see that they both landed in school hmm. and they got homeschooled. So it's one of those, okay, that's great. Um, and they're not anti-homeschool um, and they're not necessarily pro-homeschool either. They're kind of right there, whatever. Uh, I think the benefits, I, I think anything you could see benefits and, and mm-hmm. non-benefits too. Um, however, one of the things that, I think people really need to evaluate is that mom and dad, regardless of where your children are being educated, home, school, whatever, you're responsible for their education. Not the school, not the church. You need to be responsible. And so you need to be asking questions and include them in and, and you know, that kind of thing. Um, when, when you look at the world, Micah, you're a guy who, okay, you've taken a couple years from high school You've chosen to uh, actually study the Bible and figure out how to learn to serve and die to yourself. Those are great goals, and they'll serve you well no matter what you do. But as you look at the world you're entering, what what about that world is exciting to you, and what about it is scary to you? <laughs> well, <clears throat> I think the whole thing that's exciting about it for me is just right now stepping out on my own for the first time and just being responsible for myself and uh, I guess being responsible for the actions I take and that that's exciting and scary at the same time because you know I want to make the want to make the right choices right decisions the right God honoring choices and decisions and all that and um, what's scary about it is just the direction that um, our country is going I guess and just the whole you know how limited our freedoms are becoming and how difficult it is to be a Christian these days, how Christianity is often frowned upon. And, um, it's hard to be a Christian sometimes in today's culture because today's culture seems to be so anti-Christian. Right. And so that's also something kind of exciting for me. That's scary, but exciting at the same time, showing how I can, challenging how I can live out my faith in a way that's obvious to others. Right. You know, it's interesting because the world in which you live in, if you read the Bible at all, there's there's such a, a black and white contrast. You know, um, and, and of course, you're in a class that I'm teaching called Christian Life and Ethics, so we talk about this. We, we talk about life. We talk about what's going on in our nation. We talk about the, 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 the rulings that are there that will affect 
how we live. And one of the, the craziest things in the world is to tr try and figure out, a young person like yourself, what is it that actually motivates me? You know, is it, is it, do I need to make a lot of money? Do you need to make a lot of money to be okay? No. Okay, so if, if you're not going to make a lot of money, then money isn't the factor that's going to make you okay or not okay. So what is it that's going to make you okay? What, what is it in life? Let's say you can project right now, you're 90 years old, you're about to die. You want to think about your life and say, satisfied, satisfied, satisfied. What is it that you think you're thinking about at that moment? If I think about it, I think the right answer, well. No, it doesn't have to be a right answer even. <laughs> I, what, what do you actually think you'll think about on your deathbed? I'm, I think just living my life to, the, to its fullest for Christ and not, not holding anything back and living with no regrets, not wishing I had done something. Right. So. You know, that's exactly um, my thought process. It's, in fact, if you look around the room behind you over there and other places, I have a little glass plaque that says no regrets. And I've asked God on several occasions, on the day that I die, whenever that is, if I could have a minute to look back on my life, I don't know. People say your life flashes before your eyes. I don't know how that happens. There's there's a lot of life there, so I'm not sure you have enough time to let it flash. But <laughs> I understand. Um, but I would love to be able to look into my wife's eyes and have no regrets. I'd like to be able to, to look into my kids' eyes and have no regrets. I'd like to be able to think of the Nicolay Bible Institute, Silverberg Ranch, the ministries we do here, and have no regrets. But if it's ever going to be that way, I need to adjust my life today so that it's that way. And, and you're young enough to get it and to do that. So that's what I encourage you to do. Think in terms of no regrets all your life. And then on that, whatever day it is that God calls you home, if he gives you a moment to look back, you're going, I'm really glad I, I, I did this in my personal relationships. I did this with any... You know, you get married someday. I did this. My, you know, I was this way to my spouse. I was this way with my children, with my parents. You know, think in terms of leaving this planet with no regrets. Um, from time to time, I've had a young person come to me and their, their parent, their dad, their mom, whoever they're close to was dying and they were just besides themselves. And, and I understand that. And at the at that point, I talk to him and say, so what is it that's bothering you about this? Now, you know, I'm very analytical, so empathy probably isn't there. It is there, but it's just deep down there. And really, I'm trying to see what I can do to help this person. A lot of times, it's just see it clearly. Because you will be sad. You can't love somebody without pain. That's not ever going to happen. But, but when the parent or when someone that you love dies... There's, there's two reasons for your sorrow. Number one is you're just genuinely going to miss them. Or you've missed out while they were alive and now there's no way to redeem it. And that's a sorrow. One of them is a healthy sorrow. One of them is an unhealthy sorrow. And you need to live your life today so that when those changes happen, and they will, that parents will die, Dogs will die. You know, I mean, everything <laughs> in this world dies at some point. And when that happens, that you can look at it and have no regrets for what happened while they were with you. 
Um, and again, somebody would say, well, that's too late. I already have regrets. Okay, that, that's why we confess our sins and move forward and the whole works. It, 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 you can't do anything about yesterday. Nobody can. But you can. You're young enough now to say, I'm going to live my life with that just simple phrase in my head all the time. I'm going to be keep thinking, no regrets, no regrets, no regrets. I, I, I want to make decisions today where tomorrow I'm not saying, oh, I really knew I shouldn't have done that. But I did it anyway. I don't want to live that way. And, um, and it's exciting to see that you're even thinking in those terms. Uh, it's really hard, though. I mean, how many times do guys my age sit down with you and say, you know you're going to die? That's not a pleasant conversation. <laughs> Nobody wants to have it. Right, right. Um, however, that is the truth. And if we can live within the truth, uh, it's really hard to grab uh, God's perspective. You know he doesn't have one, but in our viewpoint, his perspective. Because he looks at us thinking, this life that you have now, how old are you? I am 19. So, so God looks at you and goes, you're 19 years down there. You're going to be with me for a gazillion. The years you spend on that planet are going to be a blink to you one day. Why are you living as if you have to stare at it? And, and when you start getting that in your head, I don't know what you need to do to remind yourself of that every day. But when you begin to realize that the life we live right now is really a blink, it's, it's a blip on the radar screen, and it's over. That is so hard for a 19-year-old to grab because there's so much life yet. There's so much that you want to experience, so much that you want to do, so much... But in reality, God's going, yes, I, I understand. And you mentioned it earlier. Don't, don't let money rule what you do. Don't let the things that are unimportant be important. Make sure you live your life with no regrets. Make sure you have time for God and the people around you. What is it you can take with you to heaven or eternity? Nothing. Right? <laughs> Except people. This is true. So what is the most important thing other than God in this world? People, not stuff. I've said so often that we get in trouble when we love what we should use and we use what we should love. Money was meant to be used. Snowmobiles, used. Cars, used. Don't love any of those things. And if I were giving you some advice from a grandfatherly kind of guy, I'd say, please don't love stuff. Use stuff. You can use stuff to um, show your love. You can use stuff to help people. You can use stuff to demonstrate you care. But don't love stuff. Make sure you keep it in the perspective. I was at a guy's house last night, and, and before we left, he asked, do you like meat? I said, sure. So he goes, here, I want to give you some elk. And loaded me up with a bag full of elk. It was like, you know what? It's just stuff to him. He's saying, how can I use this to bless somebody I care about? You know, I mean, it's a wonderful situation to be in. So I encourage you as a young man, we're going to uh, run out of time here in this segment. So we're going to come back and do another segment. I want to ask you a bunch of uh, questions that just are kind of fun to ask and uh, see where you go. And hopefully people will get the idea that guys your age and my age should be sitting around a table talking about life 
Neither of us have it completely together, but both of us give a, a unique perspective that God can use. You've been listening to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager, and I'm here with Micah today, and we are uh, looking forward to talking to you soon. Thank you.